and all, welcome to episode 34 of the Love Pod. That's right, we've been here for 33 weeks prior to this. It's, uh, thank you very much for joining us on this little journey into the mad world of Bolton Wanderers, the most metal football club in the universe. Uh, tonight, I'm joined by Dan and I'm joined by Tom. Lads, how are you getting on? Dan, you first. I've not spoke to you for quite a while. We've been absent last week. Uh, life treating you well? Yes, all good. All good. I'm surviving. Like I said, I'm still on tonight, this week, even though I am nursing like a rather strong hang- hand hangover and even though Rob uh, pussied out of it today because he's got a hangover <laughs> but you know that's, that's them stubbornness for you innit ah good for Rob good for Rob yeah you'll be on half term for about another six weeks won't you Dan approximately I, on the 18th of December I break up so good grief good grief Tom how about yourself you all well you're looking forward to going back to school tomorrow I'm depressed <laughs> <laughs> I'm depressed Chris is it, it Bolton Wanderers related Tom uh, yeah of everything uh, I think that and going back to uh, back back to employment tomorrow, yeah. Well, I've had Wednesday, Thursday, Friday off with my little one on her first half term, and I'm I'm not looking forward to going back in, not one little bit. But hey, what can you do? It's a, it's a foggy Sunday night. Um, let's get recording, eh? Well, hmm, Preston North End away. Oh. <laughs> Anyone got anything positive to say about it whatsoever? Clayton looks alright. <laughs> That's it. Wow. That's my missus is watching the my missus is watching the highlights with me uh, last night, and she said that he deserved deserved to be fouled because of that haircut he's got. Apparently, that's quite an interesting interesting appraisal of his talents. Um, but yeah, nil nil away to Preston. So their long run without a home win continues, and our long run without any kind of decent performance, victory or otherwise, continues also. Tom, feel free. Just want to just tell us what you thought about the whole whole dire dire experience. It's just, I, I, I entirely blame Sky. I, I blame Sky Sports <laughs> because before kickoff they had football gold oh, and it was Bolton 3, Preston 0 and there I am one minute I'm watching Ricardo Gardner take the mick out of Sean Gregan on halfway, go on a run, put it in the back of the net and send us to the Premier League and then the 90 minutes that followed was the current squad taking us to League 1. It was It was absolutely diabolical from start to finish. Any uh, any advances on that, Dan? I don't think there's much much else yeah. to uh, to argue with that. Yeah, I watched it too, and I was like, oh, I've only seen this like a handful of times in my life. I don't really know like precisely what happened. Every, you know, like, it's something that always escapes my mind. So like seeing it again, and then just, like, just I sat there like smiling, going, we were good once, but <laughs> alas, I think no. I think the only people I'm not annoyed at after that game were Clayton, Casado, Amos. Weeter and at, at, Stop a push, there. at a push spearing, but at a push. But apart from mm-hmm. that, all of them, you get to fuck. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't watch it live. I was out at a long Halloween party, kiddies' Halloween party, which was much more fun. But I came home and watched the game pretty much straight away. So by, by 10 o'clock, I was in the same sort of funk that everyone else was in, having, uh, having sat through an hour and a half of turgid, turgid football. Oh, I don't even know. It's not even surprising anymore, is it? I think it's the, the acceptance... The acceptance of uh, of our current fate and our current position is just the, the more upsetting thing about the whole thing. Um, did you did either of you expect anything different, Dan? You first on that one. I felt nil nil was just like so obvious, wasn't it? It was like they've not won at home game all season, we've not won an away game all season, so it's fucking obvious it's going to be the shittest game in the fucking world. But I don't know. We 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 needed to win it, and so that thought you know, in my head was just like we need to win, so maybe we actually will win. But no. That can, and it can never be that easy for Bolton, can it? No, not at all, Tom. Um, 
well, more fool me. I, I was hoping that we could get something from it, and for whatever reason, there was no, there was no evidence behind it. But I did. I just I went into the game thinking that we that we'd put a performance in, and it's the hope that kills you, isn't it? Oh, it definitely is. It definitely is. I mean, I, I'm, I've got a trying to. I've got an excuse to get out of going on Saturday as well. Bristol City at home. I mean, if there's ever a game that we need to win, I should really be looking at leaping onto this excuse and not bothering. But being the eternal optimist, I am. I'll be there. You I'm know, looking, look, getting a ticket for it and going. But yeah, I know. I'm, I'm contemplating not going because going's usually a given if I'm back home at all. So I'm actually contemplating not going. I'm just saving a tenner. Just mm. you know, a weekend of disappointment. Yeah, it's a, it's a massive game, isn't it? We'll, we'll talk about that later on, but it is a, it's an absolutely massive game. Um, well, just to sort of d- d- go into it a bit deeper then, um, I know you said the positives earlier on. I mean, from what I saw, I think Wheater, Wheater may, maybe Clayton at a push, and, and I give Amos the credit just because he didn't, he didn't concede, but I'm really struggling for anyone else. I mean, Casado, yeah, yeah, lots of grit, lots of flying tackles, you know, on the borderline legal tackles, which I'm happy to happy for him to do. But the rest of them were dreadful, absolutely dreadful. Um, we'll go through the players one by one shortly, but I'm, I don't think we're going to find much much uh, happiness and joy amongst that particular lot. Yeah. How can we expect to win football matches with, with just one fella up front and Amiobi and zero, zero creativity in the entire team? It's just it's absolutely impossible, Dan. Yeah, we had no on his field whatsoever, just absolutely nothing. They were all anonymous, apart from Spearing's one very good pass to Clayton, which obviously... They should have gone down to ten men for. We had absolutely nothing from the midfield. They were anonymous. They didn't get into. They didn't get close to Preston's, you know, more creative players. They didn't get the ball. No. They didn't try and pass it on the floor. We had again Devi and Derek just hitting fucking atrocious long balls out. We had nothing. Like, the only times we tried getting on the floor a bit was when again Casado tried passing it on the floor a bit, but he had nothing. No one offering to him. It was like. So yeah, I give Clayton the credit because he was the only one in our whole team who was just, you know, he was the only threat. He, like, I think he didn't he didn't give the ball away once, so he's very economical with his use of the ball. He and he was literally our only little spark of creativity, but he had no mm. service. He <coughs> he was not given the ball enough, so nothing happened, and it's it's a fucking dire straits at the minute. Yeah, I thought the interesting Mark Isles tweeted an interesting stat at halftime about the uh, the thirty three percent pass completion rate or something I think it was for Derek now I don't normally put much uh, much faith in those stats but uh, you know you, you could see from it was clear to see just watching it on, on the uh, on the sky playback like I did that he was just it's a fish out of water there isn't it I don't understand when we signed Pisano we've got Vela Wilson. why were Wilson yeah why we're persevering with with a, a centre half who's not playing particularly well out of position I mean Tom out of those that we've got to choose from who would you pick in that role Laurie Wilson <laughs> mm. um, but granted, he had his poor game, didn't he, against Huddersfield? But yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that, that was one poor. That was one poor game. I think we're on a bit of a run it. with Derek. This is it. He's had he's had one bad game, and he's he's in the under, he's in the development squad now. Pisano looks all right. I'm not entirely convinced, but I think he'll need a bit of time, and you know, maybe coming on here and there, or the odd game, making a start. But our back four at the start of the season looks. Look sorted, and do you know what? Fair enough. Suspensions and injuries mean it has to change, but he's, he's dropped Laurie Wilson on the back of one poor performance. Yeah, he and, keeps, and it's and he's he just keeps he's, so many other players when they're consistently yeah. poor. It doesn't make yeah. sense. It, it doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, I'm not saying Wilson's the best right back in the world, but he's a right back. <laughs> Derek's not. It's 
I'm, I'm trying it's like hard not to criticise Derek too much even though he was fucking awful he, I just feel hard to judge him when he's not playing his position he's not. He's clearly not comfortable there as you're saying it's, no. just, it's, it's fucking painful watching him play out there when he's like oh it's, it is it's, oh. if they were going to score it was going to come from down that side and thank fuck they didn't if, if Preston strikers realised strikers play in the box they would have won that game and if it, well, again, if it weren't for Wheater, they would have won that game so yeah, well, on the subject of players playing in or out of their favourite position and perhaps not excelling, excelling, let's move on to Josh Vela, lads. Uh, I know I mentioned in one of my articles last week that I was waiting for his his breakout game where he finally realises all the potential that that we know he's got, but another week another week passes without him doing so, lads. I mean, I wrote a piece midweek because I'm trying to fill mm-hmm. the site. Fucking Vela needs to start every game. Well, that's what happens when you, you get what you wish for, to be honest with you. He looked, uh, I mean, he's obviously he's not, not a newcomer to this level now. But 50 games? Yeah, you know, I think he looked, he looked like he was struggling, really struggling to keep pace, and he, he was caught in possession a few times. He wasn't particularly good on the ball, uh, lucky not to be hooked off himself rather than anybody else, I thought. What, what about you, Dan? Yeah, it's completely anonymous. I thought I'd, I'd find myself wanting Dan's to come on instead of him, because at least Dan's has got a bit of a presence about him. He'll run about if you get me. Um, Bella was just completely fucking anonymous. It's quite sad to see. I thought he was very good in the game against, um, it was it Leeds? Quality against Leeds. And I think, he, I don't know if it was playing out on the right a bit, just left him isolated, or if playing Derek behind him, he had, you know, he was concerned about keep covering him or something like that, but he wasn't, he, you know, he didn't make any impact on the game whatsoever, did he, Tom? No, I mean, he, he just, he looks like he's got no confidence whatsoever. Um I mean, for for Josh Veller, who's probably our our best passer of a ball. I mean, there was there was a two yard, not even a two yard pass um, that that he got wrong before before half time, and it nearly let him in down down the left side. He's just he's, he looks like he's playing with no confidence at all. And to be honest, from from what's been said about him, you know, from what he's he's been hearing from his manager, he's not going to be walking onto the pitch field with confidence, is he? Um, yeah. He does I don't seem like think... a player who takes a lot of things he reads to heart. Obviously. Yeah, well, he's 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 got no, he's he's a kid, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just so. It's, yeah, I think everyone listening can tell from our fucking voices that we're just depressed as fuck at the minute, and it's yeah, it's not. Well, it's just so it's just so expected now, isn't it? I mean, like I said to you, and we both said earlier on, it's a fool's hope we're turning up to these games week in week out expecting something to be different and. Uh, you know the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result every time. This is a fucking awful, awful Bolton Wanderers side managed by a, a, a guy who's struggling. You know why should we really expect players to look uncomfortable or players to look like they're having uh, having a tough time? Because everybody is, absolutely everybody is. And uh, Amiobi, I felt sorry for Amiobi. Obviously, he went not, not got got a got a bit of a knock. Um, obviously, he was tired at the same time as well. Um, Medine came on, had, had a shot. You know, it was it was a he fair. He had a bit of an impact, you know. So you bit, you yeah. know, he had a bit more, like not more. Just you know, he had that shot, which brought mm. a very good save out of Pickford, who's a decent keeper. But yeah, he yeah, seems to be, doesn't he? But yeah. It was yeah. It, we just need more, though, Dan. That's what I'm trying yeah. to get at. Really, yeah. we just need we need more than that. Um, but let's go through the uh, let's go through the players one by one. Just just give us your thoughts briefly on how you thought they went on, and then we'll we'll come to a couple of final little points at the end before we move on to the, the next segment. Um, right. Amos, Tom, any issues with his performance at all? Uh, no, I mean he wasn't tested, was he? Really? But no, there's no, no issues. Very little to do. Yeah, he, you know, he did. It was a 
a typical uh, Moss performance, wasn't it? Just solid all round, and you know, we we never looked in danger. Casino really, apart from when Johnson had those couple of chances, which you know he was a weeter ended up blocking them. But we were, we looked comfortable defensively. I thought it was just we had absolutely fucking no past the past that. Yeah, well, I, I feel like he's. If we had more seven out of ten players every week that you could count on like him, we wouldn't be in this mess. Yeah. Um, okay, so next one, Derek at right back. I think we've said a little bit already about uh, about how poor he looked. I think he needs to be dropped for Ipswich on. Uh, is it Tuesday or Wednesday? Yeah. I'm not sure. Tuesday. Is. Um, I, I think he needs to be. He needs to be dropped. Definitely, 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 definitely. He's, can't play right back. I said it like after. What, when did he play there first? Was it Burnley? I think he might have played. No. Yeah. Burnley. Is it Brighton? Burnley. Burnley. I can't remember. Yeah, he's, nah, he can't. But he's not a right back, and he's fucking foolhardy to keep putting him there because he's just. It's not the, the hallmark of his game is like being able to put the ball on the floor, but he, it doesn't look like he can do that at right back. He feels too rushed and under pressure all the time. It's just he's yeah. not the fastest. He's nah. Just get him, get him out of right back. No. I, I think know. we really miss. I think we really miss Wellington as well with the out ball, mm. able to sort of pump it up into a bit of space and have someone quick who can run. But that's a that's a debate for later on. Uh, Pisano came on, only had seven minutes, so it's a bit unfair maybe to go through what he did. Um, right, Dorian Devi. Sure. I I hate I hate Dorian Devi. I think genuinely think he's a contender for one of the poorest signings we've made in the last five years. Looks like he was having a bit of a renaissance at the start of the season. Well, after the red card against Blackburn, which was yeah, he's he's gone back to his old his old ways, mate. I mean, yeah. I, I hate to, to repeat myself over and over again, but if you watch him, he's like he's got a but. If you imagine a bungee cord attached to the ball and one attached to his waist, he's forever being dragged towards the ball as if there's some magic piece of bloody rope pulling out a position, and it pisses me off every single week. And um, how did you both think he did? Yeah, Tom, how do you think? I think I've fucking made my feelings clear. Well. <laughs> um... I haven't got too much of a problem with centre-halves not being footballers because that's not necessarily what they're there for. I mean, look at Wheater. I mean, we'll move on to him in a minute. But So I don't mind defenders doing the simple thing and getting it clear. But they're aimless. Every oh. single one. He's, he's, yeah. he's not finding anyone. He's, he's, he's worse than t- Mills. His passing is worse than Mills, easily. Well, at least... I mean, at least Mills, I mean, like, he couldn't execute it, but at least he tried a cross-field pass. It never worked for him, but you could see what he was trying yeah. to do, failing. They're aimless. He's not aiming at anybody. They're just, they're going anywhere. Yeah, shite. I think Prince and Wheater has to be the, the centre-back line-up from now on. Why, did, why didn't we, re, re, like, appeal Prince's red card? Because it was mm. never a fucking penalty in a million years. He didn't fucking touch him, like, Prince, was, Prince was stupid for... Rushing in and making it look so obvious, and in real time, I could completely understand why the ref gave it because it did look it. But we should have appealed that because he was never a fucking red card at all. And we look better with Prince in the side, and because he's solid. And the sooner we get him with a partner, Wheater, hopefully, yeah, we'll and you know they get playing a few games in a row, we'll get a more of a solid foundation. But knowing how long that'll happen, we'll fucking do his Achilles in or something. Well, I thought we one of Wheater's best games for Wanderers. I thought um, yeah, he, he was really, really good. I gave him man of the match in my report. Yeah. So, uh, any advances on that? No, Wheater was man of the match. We'd have lost without him. Yeah, he's he's um, that's that's what you want from from one to eleven. Uh, just throwing himself at everything. Um, he was one of the few players on the pitch that you could tell was trying to grab the game by the scruff of the neck, and. Um, he wasn't on his own, but he was one of three or four that I felt very sorry for last night. 
Yeah, it was it was that kind of head shaking performance, wasn't it? Uh, Casado at left back, like I said earlier on, you know, tidy, a couple of interesting of uh, interesting challenges, getting people going a little bit. Um, again, a bit bit of a sort of middling performance. Really, there were not a lot to say either way, Dan. Yeah, I think there's not an awful lot. He could, not, there's, I don't think there's like an awful lot of left back can do with the rest of the like players in front of him are performing. But I thought he had a difficult time. Like I know that Marek Van Miel or whatever he's called is fucking shit. But with him going down the right, that's where Preston were attacking. They were attacking with Vermeil yeah. and then that Johnson, who's a very good player, Preston, easily Preston's best player, the the lad with the dreadlocks. He was coming over and making you know making things difficult for Casado. But I thought he handled himself well, and that tackle he did on whoever it was on the touchline was fucking brilliant. It was amazing. I, I, I that liked. was against Vermeil, wasn't it? Yeah, because yeah. he had a bit of a paddy on. It was a it was a bit. Bit forceful, shall we say? But it wasn't. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. No, just a tough tackle. That you don't see too much of these days, was it? it wasn't practice on fucking. No, well, right, which was we'll talk about that in a second. Let's go straight on to Prattley. I mean, that was probably the highlight of his game. Was yeah. giving uh, knocking Bailey right three foot up in the air with a, with a tackle that's probably just about finished. Now it was that late. Um, but the rest of his game was really, really poor. I thought it. He struggled since he's come back, hasn't he, from his injury? I don't know whether they rushed him back a bit too soon. Um, and I really don't want to curse him as being back to the Prattley of old. But that's the that's the hint I'm getting. Tom, do you reckon that that's uh, that's true? Um. Yeah. Um. I think with Prattley, the second that yellow card came out, that was it. That was him done. Um. Because yeah, right. he, I mean, he does like to put himself into tackles. He's not a dirty player. That tackle was, it was a bad and it was late. But once he got that yellow card, that was practically his game over after half an hour. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, next, we've got Spearing. Um, I, I'm trying to work out whether he was injured or not when I watched it him go off because there was one incident where he got <laughs> challenged and it looked like he. Um, oh, yeah, apparently someone said he signalled that. He looked, yeah, it looked like he signalled to the bench and he was off two minutes later. So I, I could be wrong in thinking that. I know I. And I initially wrote in my player ratings bit that he seemed to be subbed for no reason whatsoever. Now, I, I reserve the right to take that back. Um, but I thought he was one of our better players. Yeah. He looked he looked tenacious and he looked like he wanted to make something happen, which you, you can't say for many other people in the team. But, Dan, spearing for you, how do you think he, was, how do you think he did? Yeah, I, thought he did, I think he gave the ball away a couple of times, but I, I can, I'd say I'd put that down a bit to maybe rustiness. He's not played much this season. But, yeah, I thought he was very good at the base. I thought he... Defended well, and he's, as I said earlier, his long pass to Clayton was very good. And the more we can get on that, um, more we can use that, the more the more I benefit. I'd, I'd definitely be starting him every game over, you know, over everyone else, really. Definitely. Okay, so next we've got Vela. Um, we've spoken about him already, but uh, a disappointing performance from Vela. He, he really needs to uh, to step it up, I think, a little bit. Any any disagreements there? No, not from me. It's, it's time he. You know, we've all called for his selection. It looks like we're getting a bit of egg on our face, but he, you know, he needs to fuck his ideas up a bit. I'd say. Yeah, well, I, I, I do like him. I think he's got a lot, a lot about him. But do you think we're in the, we're, we're struggling to get to a point like we did when we've often said this actually about other players where they've they've spent less less time on the field and all of a sudden they become better. Um, you know, I'm not talking about. Yeah, precisely. Tom, do you think there's any any truth in that, or do you think that's maybe a bit of an, a bit of a, an overreaction to his his under par performance on Saturday? Um, no, I, I, I don't think that yet. I don't think that we've we've overhyped what a player he is because we've seen how good he is. Um, I just I just think it's it's a young player that's not been dealt with well. Um, 
and you can tell you can tell from his performance he's just his confidence is on the floor and he needs someone to pick him up and tell him how brilliant he is before before our next game but knowing the way things are going he'll probably end up getting dropped and he'll be on the bench for the foreseeable won't he yeah, I think that, that unfortunately that looks like that's uh, that's definitely going to be the way, way it's going to turn into. Dan's came on and had ten minutes. Anything really to say about Dan's? I, I, I don't remember him really doing much to be honest. Was, apart from Medine's shot, none of the subs made any. You know, had either had long enough. <coughs> or, no. You know, just Lennon's substitutes in it. Just. No, I did. I did find it entertaining how the commentators were talking about the players as if it, it, it was the first time he'd ever seen him and reading some generic reports off the internet like were you about Casado being a set piece expert just before he put a free kick over the top tier of uh, Deepdale's Deep Dales North and I thought that was quite funny um, Clayton so a few interesting runs from Clayton and we'll talk about one of them in a second or two um, but I thought he looked keen he looked eager starting to get back to fitness um, Tom what's his best position for you? Um, probably well, the best I've seen him play was when he was on the left of a three playing behind one one striker. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying. I'm, I'm thinking of that the Wigan game at home, mm-hmm. um, where he, he just ripped Wigan to shreds, um, playing on the left side. But he he threatened behind the strikers as well in the first half as well. Um, it, like 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 you alluded to last week, Chris. He's not he's not a centre forward, but he's definitely yeah. you know uh, the supporting cast behind behind him. I think I'd like to see him back on the left wing. And I'd like Tom Walker to get a chance on the right wing, and someone who you know, whoever, Prattley Davis, if he's back fit, Vela, maybe someone behind Medine. I think that's probably our best option going forward. Do you know what I've just realised though? No. I don't know how many games have we won since Chungi left. Well, let's have a think. So out. it's he left at Christmas. I bet it's not five. Yeah, I, I was going to say you'll count them on one hand. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. Go on, Dan. I'll let you let you trundle off and do that while well, 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 we. Yeah. Me and Tom talk about Amiobi. Tom, what do you think? Uh, well, I, I said I felt sorry for three players. Um, it was Wheater, Amiobi and Clayton. Um, Wheater because he didn't deserve to be in a team as bad as that. Clayton because you could see he was he was doing everything he possibly could to make something happen and had nothing around him. And then Amiobi, I mean, he was he was coming very deep for the ball. Um, because isolated. Yeah, he was, he was completely on his own. He was coming deep for the ball and when he did... David was, and Derek were smashing it over his head, or to Bailey Wright, or you know, straight back to the goalkeeper. Um, I mean, you talk about a lack of service for strikers. That was criminal. He hadn't. He had absolutely nothing to go off. Absolutely agree. Dan, Dan any advances on that? No, I, again, I feel sorry for him. I thought he did all he could with what he had, and you know, he came close to scoring for us from. I think it was Casado's yes. corner, maybe Spearing's corner. Uh, it was Spearing, I believe, on that free kick in the first half. Yeah, he, he, and he nodded it over. Yeah. Um, Medine came on, had 15 minutes. Again, I had a, our one and only shot on goal, I think it was. So he gets, a, he gets a bit of credit for that. But do you think he'll start next week? I mean, I don't know what the, the extent of Amiobi's injury is, but we've got two games coming up in uh, in four days. So we're going to need a bit, of, a bit of rotation, aren't we? Yeah, definitely. It's literally, sorry, just a quick diversion. It's five. We've won five games since Chungi left. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> and that's four <clears throat> last season, obviously one this season. I remember, we, I, I have gone, I think, about, about ten months between watching us win, um, if you include the summer break. About two seasons ago, we won in about the March, and I missed the game because I was on holiday. Then you had the whole the whole summer months, and then we didn't win for the first like 11 games of the season, so we got to about November. 
Oh, it was. It was a ridiculous amount of time. But it's not good, is it? Um, speaking of not winning games and, uh, and being very disappointed, uh, Liam Feeney, um, how do you think he did, Dan? He wasn't even playing. Mm, might as well not I, have been. Really. I'd try and defend him as much, you know. I'd, I'd feel, I feel like I defend him more than everyone else does. I feel like he does more than people give him credit for. But he, he, he you know, I didn't. I don't think he touched the ball once against Preston. Seriously. No, I think he, he does have. He has his positives, doesn't he, with his pace on the break, etc. And his willingness. He's, he's, he is a trier, um, but it just 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 doesn't happen. Just doesn't happen, does it? Uh, Tom, what did you think? How it's about Finn? How do you think he did? He, it was anonymous, wasn't it? He wasn't the uh, he wasn't the worst Bolton player on the pitch, but it was just an anonymous performance. No, it really was, and I think we'll, we'll talk about Ipswich and Bristol coming up in uh, in a little bit. But I think changes are going to be needed to be made in order to to freshen things up because we're looking already like a a, a tired team who's, who's really struggling for ideas. And in the absence of Mark Davies or anyone like that, or Zach Clough, uh, we haven't really got much to fall back on, have we? And it's it's depressing when you think that some of the important games that are coming up uh, truly are must-win games, and we're really going into it with with a lack of confidence and a lack of form. Um, okay, well, just to bring the Preston bit to a close, just a couple of bits. Um, do either of you think the game would have changed had um, whatever his name is who played for Preston been sent off for knocking Clayton over when he was through on goal? I feel like they'd have just gone more defensive mm. and it just have been nil nil again. <clears> but and, and they'd have had to have played an hour with ten men. And, you know, he puts the cut by. You know, he puts the ball in that court, doesn't he? They're dead to ten, which they should have been, but. Hey ho! What are you gonna do? It'd probably stop. It'd probably have stopped their fullbacks getting forward. Yeah, but that's where a lot of their um, attacks came in on the counter, obviously, because we were we were largely on top. I thought for the majority of the game, but there did come a time where they would go, they would go on the attack, and thankfully their forwards made the sort of decisions that we'd expect ours ours to make as well. But Tom, do you think that anything would have been any different had he been sent off? And do do you think it was a red card? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah. It's just. It's just the laughable standard of refereeing, isn't it? I mean, he's his yeah. last man. Uh, Clayton's just about touched the ball to go past him. He's coming from the side, taking him out. Um, and I, I, I swear, the linesman when he flagged, um, I'll have to look back at it because I've recorded it. I swear he said off as he as he started to flag for the decision. I thought I'd seen the linesman say the word off as he. Um, and I don't know whether that was in his earpiece to the mm. to the referee or not, but there's it's just nothing surprises me about the standard of referees at this level. But there's, there's not there's no way that that's anything but a red card. No, I agree completely. I mean, he he, he, he was past him and he tripped him up. It's as clear as day. There can be no like the one with Prince last week. I think there's a bit of debate because there's other players around him, and and the and the, the goalkeeper almost had his hands on the ball as well. So you wonder about whether he'd overrun it a little bit. But here it was one on one, simple as that. Um, no messing about at all. Definite, definite penalty. Uh, definite red card. Sorry, uh, and I think it would have changed the game. But obviously, we don't. Uh, we, we can't go back and change it now. One thing uh, we're going to finish off with: our chairman received a bit of barracking towards the end of the game from the from the associated assembled three thousand Bolton fans. Do you think that's uh, warranted? I mean, I don't want it to go into too much depth, lads. We're going to talk about that towards the end. But on, on a brief uh, a brief level, do you think he deserves the jip he's getting? And do you think the fans are right to to make him a target? We all know there's problems run deeper in this club than just the first team squad and the manager, so probably, yeah. Okay, Tom? Yeah, I thought Gartside had a shocking game at left-back. He was awful, wasn't he? All the stick he got. 
No creativity it was, whatsoever. It, it was probably the, the same idiots chanting with the same ones kicking off at Preston train station after the match. Wouldn't surprise me, wouldn't surprise me. Well, everyone's entitled oh, to repeat. Okay. Of Did you hear the chant that was made? Go on. Did you know the Yaya and Colo Torre chant? Oh, yeah. We do that to Emil Heskey and Shola Emi Obina. Of course we fucking do. <laughs> Sweet Jesus. Where's the originality? Where's the originality? Yeah, I know. I anyway, let's book. I was like, oh, an Emi Obina Heskey chant, that'll be funny. And I was like, oh, no. It's, it's, it's funny, but it's just boring. Uh, you're not wrong. Going mean, um, on the topic of the chairman, or back to the, back to that one, I did have an interesting um, comment on the Facebook page of somebody before that said, um, Gar- "It's a guard side. He's a fat so and so." And I replied back saying, "What's his physical appearance got to do with it?" And he, the, the fellow replied back with, "Well, if you can't be bothered to look after your body, how can you look after a football team?" I can't remember. I can't remember who it was that, that wrote it, but it uh, it made it made me spit out my cornflakes this morning. I wonder, what, did... I wonder if he'd say that's a Sam Allardyce. Uh, exactly. I mean, have you ever heard such absolute tripe in all your life? Anyway, let's uh, let's close the uh, the Preston chat for now. Uh, we'll have a short break and we'll come back and we'll talk about the uh, the week in Wondrous World. Uh, later on, we'll talk about Ipswich and we'll talk about Bristol and we'll finish off as usual with the Twitter question of the week. So stay where you are. We'll be back in two seconds. Okay, welcome back to Love Pod 34, the only podcast where Daniel Murphy tries to count down from five and starts at three, then goes back to four. <laughs> Your favourite Paul and Wondrous podcast in the world. Right, I'm still joined by Tom and Dan. Um, lads, let's see what's going on this week in Bolton news. Uh, right, most importantly, uh, most interestingly, and the one with perhaps the most significance is we've made another signing. Uh, Australian uh, midfielder Luke Bratton has signed uh, on loan, ostensibly for Manchester City who he signed for on the same day from Brisbane Raw. I think that's what they're called these days anyway. He's be called something else. Um, Brisbane Strikers, they were when I went to watch him once. That's a long time ago. Um, right, so we had a bit of a conversation with the ESPN journalist who, who got in touch with us about how, offering some opinions. Um, he described him as a central midfielder on the box-to-box type with an attacking uh, dent to his game. More of a number eight sort of midfielder than a number ten. He's, a, he's creative, has an eye for goal, and, has, and can unlock defensive with his passing. So all of a sudden, he seems like our, our best midfielder yeah. as well. Uh, in terms of the step up to the championship, he, he said it's hard to know, but he is very highly rated. He's playing in a very successful Brisbane side. Uh, the Australian manager, um, who formerly managed Brisbane himself, called him up to the national team. Um, blah blah blah. Great opportunity for him to impress and get experience of playing. So the rumour is that he's going to go back to Australia in January after his loan spell at Bolton ends, meaning this whole thing will be a little bit weird. Um, but do you think there's a place for a player like that in our team, Tom? It certainly sounds like there could be. Yeah. Well, um, it, it'll just be a case of... I think it does It does sound a little bit like City are um, meeting their homegrown quota because, I mean, I know he's played in Australia, but I think because of where he was born... I think he was born over here, wasn't he? Yeah, he was born in Hull, I believe, yeah. So, it's just one of them. They're just filling their um, homegrown quota. Um, and then they've looked around and right, right, who's really desperate in the northwest for football players? Um, but, yeah, why not? We, I know it's, it's going to sound really strange because we've had a million and one midfielders recently, but we have lost a couple, um, most recently Trotter. Um Davis is out yeah. a bit. Uh, Zach Clough's out, so it makes sense, and it sounds it sounds like he's going to add something, doesn't it? 
Definitely. I mean, he's not a very experienced player for one that's 25 year old. He's only played sort of 80 odd games, I think, for Brisbane. So he's not uh, not a massively massively experienced lad. But it's going to be interesting to see how, where he fits in, and I should think he'd, he'd get a game in the next couple of weeks, given our our need for for rotation. I mean, Dan, what what do you think about him? Obviously, I'm not expecting you to know everything about him, but do you think there's a player like that? Yeah, I'd start him on Tuesday. To be honest with you, <laughs> we've got nothing else. What's the fucking harm in you know? If you can start Shalami Orbe, fucking after he's not played a football match for six months, you know, he's not been in a football team for six months. Not fuck knows how long it was since he played because he only made four appearances for Palace. Start him. What's you know? I'm sure he's not that. I'm sure he's not that fucking decrepit that he'll fucking pull a hamstring after 20 minutes. He's not. So yeah, I'd, I'd start him. I think from what we've heard, from what we've heard from you know fans, ESPN journalists, and occasional <coughs> YouTube videos, he does. And this is going to sound like longing for the past somewhat, but yeah, I think you're not going to say he seems to resemble and sound like Stuart Holden, and fucking God knows we've been fucked since Johnny Evans put a stud in his knee, so. You know, maybe he can give us a bit of energy, a bit of solidity, and a bit of passing from the back. I'd like to think we'll obviously move on to the Ipswich game, but I think I'd like to see him and Spearing potentially line up next to each other. Yeah, it sounds interesting, doesn't it? Mm, sounds solid and a bit of energy, and you know, Spearing's not the best passer, but you know, there's, there's definitely some ball movement that can be done. Yeah, there, so. just options. We just need options, don't we? I mean, let's not uh, let's not beat around the bush. If we've got anyone that can go box to box, it frees up Spearing to get on with his job. It will hopefully mean that we've got someone that can involve the the wide players, Feeney and Clayton or whoever. Um, he's going to be desperate know. to like prove he's actually... Of course he is, exactly. And exactly. And I think we need to appreciate our position in this. Uh, if we can prove ourselves as someone that can handle and give time game time to, to players that City and whatever you're bringing in, it can bode well for the future with other other players. So it, it is a bit of a weird one. I think you're both right on that one. But I think at the same time, it's not necessarily a bad thing. We can use it to our advantage as well. It's only a short-term loan, though, so I mean, we're not going to get too attached to him, I'm sure, especially not with that hairstyle. There's not really... Oh, exactly, all of them, all of them. There's not really much else on the horizon, is there? I mean, we've had the news today um, that, that appeared on our website about Martin Odegaard, the erstwhile, I think he's 17 now, is he... Um, still 16, 16, is he still 16? I don't know, but... He'll be on half-term anyway, no matter what. But he's uh, at Real Madrid, he very famously signed for them at the age of 16 for a couple of million quid. Having uh, having made his name back in, is he still? Well, there you go. Having made his name back in Norway, he's not really kicked on. I don't think, despite a couple of appearances for the first team uh, last season under, under Ancelotti with Benitez, not really looking to give him a try this year, uh, unsurprisingly. So that's an interesting one. Um, it's come out of the blue a little bit, so we're not really sure as to what it's got any legs. But it's nice to be linked with these sort of players. Um, Dan, do you know anything about him? I know that he's not, as you say, was captain of strongest. Strong, strong, some, strong. <laughs> some Norwegian team. Some Norwegian I'm sure, team. Yeah, pretty sure he's made. If he wasn't made the captain, he was certainly, you know, fucking playing at sixteen, whatever, fifteen. Mm. He's played seven times for Norway's first team, and I said made a solitary appearance for Madrid. It always seemed weird that Madrid was the club he went to because remember when there was like fucking practically every fucking club under the sun wanted him, didn't they? And I remember like last year he was like doing tours of he was like taking on tours of every club. Like City, Dortmund, Liverpool, United, Tottenham, uh, Southampton, Celtic, Barcelona, Juventus, literally every club in the world literally like invited him to tour with them and train and whatnot. And I thought it was I always thought it was strange that Madrid was the one he chose when, you know, they've not exactly renowned for promoting youth no. these days. And you know, it's such a a club where 
if you don't meet up to your expectations immediately, you get fucking, you know, thrown out on your ass. So it's interesting that he's obviously not that happy and all that type of stuff. But yeah, I'd take him, like I said, I'd take it. A, it'd be really exciting. And when he's, you know, he's highly rated, he's very highly rated, he could potentially go on to be one of the best players in the world. So to have him have played at Bolton at one point would be, you know, quite funny. So I'd definitely have him. It'd be Jack, Jack Wilshire, Jack Wilshire-esque game. Yeah, uh, well. I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say Jack Wilshere's best player in the world by any stretch of the way. I, I still stand by that his best run of form was at Bolton. Mm-hmm, possibly. Tom, do you think there's anything worrying about uh, us maybe putting all our eggs in the basket of a 16-year-old who's hardly ever played any games for anyone? Yeah. Um, I mean, I doubt whether or not this is this is actually going to happen. Um, I'd say that the site it came from is like, you know, the site it came from got Prince rumours first and right. Mm. Got something else correct as well, which I can't remember. But it gets stuff right this site and um, HITC something like that, I think it is. Yeah, they're worth a watch, aren't they? Worth a worth a, uh, a follow on on the social media yeah, and so on to see what's what. HITC deadline day, they're very good for transfer stuff. And that's you know, they've also linked us linked in with five other clubs, which is like Wolves, Brighton, you know, club, clubs are a lot better than us. So I'd be mm. very surprised if it was us he came to. We'll see. I mean, it's one of them, and if it, if it is what it is, if it comes off, it comes off. Um, another player that seems to be that's been mentioned today actually is Heskey, uh, that you may be knocking knocking playing on the head um, and going off to coaching in an unyet as named uh, as yet unnamed destination. Um, some might say he gave up playing quite a long time ago, but that's uh, <laughs> that, that's not for me to say. Um, either of you bothered if Heskey quits uh, quits playing and disappears off elsewhere? I mean, I w- wouldn't be averse to him, maybe. Maybe coaching at Wanderers. I mean, I don't know what he's like behind the scenes. Whether he's got that sort of personality. Uh, but either of you two concerned if it means that we've seen Heskey for the final time, other other than it being a uh, one less person in the squad. Tom, do you want to answer that one first? I've I've quite enjoyed having a meal. It's it's been it's been humorous to say the least. It's been it's been good having him. Um, but that I mean, I remember listening to an interview that he did with uh, Barry Glendening. Um, for the Guardian, and he said, you know, that when, when he got the offer, this was the opportunity for him to continue his coaching badges here rather mm-hmm. than in Australia, and to and to play some football. So I think this has always been the plan. Um, and to be honest, what's it? Thirty-eight, isn't it? So I, I think maybe this has been going on for a couple of weeks because it might also explain Lennon's U-turn on signing Amiobi. Because at yeah. first, at first he said, you know, he's too similar, and and now he's he's you know he's he's U-turned and, and brought him in. So maybe this is this has been in the pipeline for a little while. But if he gets the chance to go on coach, then I suppose this is a good time for him to do it. It just feels like to me, if it's almost like quite embarrassing that now you know Heskey, whilst we've been shit and he's not been good, it's like prideful saying that he plays for us somewhat, and it's. I don't know. It's, it's hard. These like feelings I had to describe, but I feel like it'd be like him jumping the ship. It just proves how fuck we are, doesn't it? When even Heskey doesn't want to stick around. Yeah, that's the thing. It'd be a surprise if we're not offering him that opportunity because not only does it, it it keeps the squad, 
you know, with one extra person, obviously, because we're not blessed with, with striking options. But then again, he's not played for the last couple of weeks, and we've not really missed him, have we, to be honest with you. So uh, I just think it's going to be one of them that he'll, if he does go, where uh, he goes with our best wishes. He's, has it worked out, though? Do you think it was worth the gamble? I mean, from a, a fan's perspective, uh, Tom, I'd say it was, given that his, his debut goal against Blackburn, yeah. forgetting the 28 games since that he hasn't scored. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's it. He scored on his debut, and then nothing after that. But just for that, just for that goal against Blackburn, and I don't think I've ever laughed so hard. Yeah, so, <laughs> a, a goal. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think I've, he's just he's he's put a smile on my face. I said, um, I said it then after he scored. I don't care what happens after this. He's I, this was worth it just because of this. So yeah, I think it was fair dues, lads. Fair dues. Uh, right, okay. Well, let's call that uh, call time on that particular segment. Then we'll just quickly quickly dive off and then come back and talk about Ipswich and Bristol before we finish off with the podcast question of the week. So, listeners, do stay where you are. We'll be back after this short break. All right, welcome back to the the, the what is this now? The fourth segment? No, third segment of Love Pod Thirty Four. That was embarrassing, wasn't it? You called me um, at the start of last segment. I did, and now it's come back to bite me in the backside. Now, there you go, kids. Just be careful what you say because there's always something waiting around the corner to show you what. Ipswich and Bristol City previews. Right, I made extensive notes about these two. First one was both in terrible form. Uh, Bristol had four put past them by Fulham uh, at weekend on the home patch in the space of about 40 minutes, if my memory serves. Ipswich themselves are in the middle of, I think it's a seven-game winless streak. And they're in 14th, Bristol in 21st. Ipswich drew nil apiece with, and it's come from my memory, but they drew nil at home with somebody this weekend past. Um, so they're not looking too clever either. But now, given our appalling away form, are you either of you expecting anything other than another defeat to add to the list? Um I can see us nicking a draw, maybe away, like a literally another down nil nil. But I expect us to lose probably. Yeah. It's just like I said, it's just part of the course now. But these two, you know, two weeks ago on the podcast, you said Chris, um, we've got three games coming up now with Birmingham, Leeds, and Preston. And you said, you know, we need what's it going to be like if we don't come up with at least six points? We got yeah. two in three. Now we've got coming up. We've got Ipswich, Bristol, Reading, which is a fucking write off. And then Brentford, which is, you know, they're coming to form now. So it's a mixed month coming up, really, <coughs> November. We need, we, we, we could be fucking stranded by it when the time December comes around. And I did a poll on the Twitter, because you can do polls now, you've got to get with it, haven't you? And I asked, will Bolton go <laughs> down? 54% you said yes, and 46% said no. Mm-hmm. So I think it's pretty obvious where the, that was out of 251, so... You know, people aren't expecting anything really, are they, at the minute? No, I know I'm certainly not. Tom, are you? Um, I'd say anything less than four points from the next two games will constitute failure, mm. um, based on who we're playing. Um, I don't, I'm, I, I just, I just don't see us scoring, scoring the goals to get us those four points. No, me neither. I mean, that's it. Simple fact, isn't it? You can't shoot, you can't score, you're not going to win. Um, I, I'm in exactly the same boat as you. I think the Bristol City games are more important, but I'd be delighted with a point on uh, on Tuesday night against uh, against Ipswich away from home, given our, our atrocious away form. Just think it's one of them. It's a, it's a game that we don't tend to to win, do we? Historically, uh, you know, a midweek long long away trip such as that. Um, I really don't think we're going to struggle. I mean, I don't hate to say it, but do you think Lennon will survive if we were to lose both games, Tom? 
Um, uh, oh, it's a tough one. Um, yes, but I think it'll be Lennon that makes the decision rather than mm-hmm. somebody, I agree. somebody else. I've been thinking he's about to walk since fucking the summer. I'm surprised, I'm still surprised he's not but, honest with you. To be honest with you. Who was it? Liam, I think it may have been made the great point that if he walks now, how is he going to get into a job that's better? I was just going to say the exact same thing, um, showing up my, the fact that I haven't had a chance to listen to last week's podcast yeah. yet. Um, don't, I, I'll listen to it tomorrow, I promise, Dan. Don't, don't hate me. I'm driving to Newcastle for work in the morning, so I've got plenty of time to listen to it. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think if he was to walk away, um, I think that's the most likely scenario. But I also think it's, it's also fairly unlikely too, given that the character he is. Um, and given the fact that, yeah, how does that look on your CV if you walked away from the first job you had in a in a semi-competitive league? I mean, I know he left he left uh, Celtic under his own steam, but I think in a slightly different circumstances, it's not really comparable. Um, Dan, Could sorry, no, God knows. I, I very much, yeah, I very much doubt it. And again, we would maybe in the same boat. Who would wanna Who would wanna come to us? We're not a club with the best squad. We're not a club with the best. Gary Mason. Well, you, you know, I'm not even. I was doing that for being funny, but in my head, I was like, it, it makes it. It makes a very, very strange kind of sense, doesn't it? Unfortunately, and that's the sad thing. Um, yeah. So, what do you think then, Dan? Do you think he can he can survive two losses from um, from either point of view, from resignation or uh, or firing? Again, like, just as you say, it's like there's no good way out for anyone, and there's no good result for anyone. So, no matter. You know, him leaving, no matter how it happens, it's just not a good result for him. It's not a good result for us unless we see. You know, we thought we did well getting Lennon in the first time, a manager that we thought we'd never be able to get a one of that quality. So fuck knows what would happen next time if we had to get someone else in. It's, yeah, it just doesn't. I don't. I think he would stay because again, I just don't. I just don't see any good way out of it. Really yeah, it, it, it is. It is really strange, and it's really, really unsettling, isn't it? Not to know what the future can hold. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we've gone past the point. I think, haven't we, of, of sticking with him because there might not be anybody else better? I think, even, no matter who your manager is, we've seen it with Mourinho. It might well be one of the best managers in the league, in the world, possibly. But if it's not happening, it's not happening. And, and when do the clubs pull the trigger? And when do they say enough's enough? I think we could maybe we maybe were approaching that point now. Um, it'll mean us. If we don't win, of course, uh, we'll, we'll talk about Ipswich first. It'll mean us adding another another game to our list. Are we just expecting it now? Are we just, are we numb to it a little bit? You know, oh well, it's another away game. Oh well, it's another loss. Yeah. Do you think that's uh, there's some truth in that, Dan? Yeah, I feel like people are just becoming apathetic now. I think people who very much so. Twitter, like, you know, go to every single game and are considering not going. It's just making you know, it's just not enjoyable anymore. It's not. I don't even think people are that asked about defeats. It's just. Providing they're of a smaller quality, and there's an odd win in there. Just there's no fight, there's no fucking passion, really. There's no quality of any fucking decipherable measure. It's just, it's just fucking depressing and dour to watch. And they're, oh, it really and, is. And even Wigan are playing well now, so it's not as if we've got that to <laughs> fucking laugh at as well, because they've had some of the fucking best fucking away games all season. The mad bastards. Yeah, wasn't there something about they've they've got ten points from the ninety second minute onwards or something crackers like that? Ninety fifth minute winner at weekend. Mm. Dickheads. Dickheads. They would absolutely if if we were to get relegated, then promoted. Oh, I, I, I would. 
it's, yeah. It's, it's, I, delete every delete every social media presence because yeah, it'd have to happen. Uh, I can take I can take the shitness of my own team, but I'm not sure I could take back half of what we dished out to those dickheads over the uh, over the past three months. But we'll see. Um, Bristol City again. Don't really know a lot about Bristol City, to be honest with you. Apart from the fact that when I when I got married, they were in the hotel, yeah. same as us, and so we had our breakfast with the team the next morning. And um, their striker, Kieran Agard, has got his surname tattooed on, tattooed on his arm. So that was quite interesting. He's got Agard tattooed on there, and Steve Cottrell was in a suit with a pair of flip flops on as well at breakfast. <laughs> very, very, very strange, man. Um, but we'll just. Oh. Shit, the bed, man. I don't know anyone. <laughs> anyone? I just don't know. I mean, I, I agree with Tom about putting uh, putting Wilson in or potentially putting Vela back at right back. I, I wouldn't have Derek anywhere near there. Yeah, I think Prince has got to come back in for Devit. Um, Casado can keep his place for me. I'm not bothered about left backs really. It's the bit of an inconsequential position for me. I don't think it's which are known for having their wingers. Although Daryl Murphy, um, he was their top scorer last season. I think he struggled. He's yeah, he struggled this year, so no doubt we'll give him a helping hand uh, back up from that point of view. Um, I, in fact, one thing I wanted to discuss with you, and listeners can chip in on Twitter on this one, was do you think Lennon's cut his nose off to spite his face a little bit in terms of someone like Mido? Do you think he could do a job in this team on this farm at this minute in time, Tom? Um, I mean, when, when he came in, he had a bit of battle about him and a bit of fight, and that's something mm. that we're lacking. But if you put Mido in, into the team, is he going to play for Neil Lennon now after after everything that's gone on it looks incredibly unlikely but that's what I was wondering about whether he's made a, he's made his bed now Lennon and he's not going to not going to play him it seems under any circumstances when you know let's not forget he's a, he's just shown in the past that he can be a good footballer Amido maybe we could do with someone like that a bit of variety at least I feel like we've got you know, I feel like we've already got too many midfielders who can't pass and have you know fairly passengers when midfield gets a little bit too tough so I'm not, yeah. too, I'm not too arsed about me though to be honest with you oh fair enough I'll, re- I'll withdraw that comment then nice one lad shut me down completely cool stuff well I'll tell you what let's go straight into the the podcast question shall we because I'm not sure we, we really want to talk about football for much longer um, right judging from the uh, the post the fans post uh, uh, sorry the fans chance late on in the game on Saturday night they obviously want Gart side out. They think he's held the club back, uh, responsible for all the ills that have befallen us. Um, the question was, do you think he has held the club back? Do you think we'd be better off without him as the chairman? So let me just read through the answers and I'll come to you both for a bit more of a detailed response shortly. Wayne Hamer on Facebook said, yes and yes. If I say what I really think, I'll end up in court. So Wayne, pretty forthright in his opinions there. Uh, BWFC News and Views on Twitter. Sounds like he did hold us back with Allardyce, but I think his hands are tied as much as Lennon's are with finances now. So that's an interesting point of view. Uh, Craig Monk says, the first question, it's impossible to answer whether he's held the club back, that is. Second question, always better people out there, but could we get them? No, be careful what we wish for. I mean, chairman's not, not really the sort of position, is it, where you can sort of say, well, I'd rather have X or Y or, or Z in charge yeah. instead. But I think it's more of a symbolic thing than that. Uh, James Georgeson, I'm pretty sure no one was crying about him during the good times. People have very fickle memories. I'm not sure memories can be fickle, but I understand where you're coming from there, James. Um, a new one on our list, Good Kvass Enjoyer. And I'm not going to pronounce his Twitter name. I'll spell it. It's P-R-S-T-S-K-R-Z-K-R-K. Prister's Crick. Not much. Don't like him, but what more could we have achieved in the past 20 years with a different chairman? Would we have not lost 5-0 against Stoke? 
interesting point. Uh, Ginny Adfields, but we would have to have a replacement if it wasn't him. So I'm struggling to work out what he does these days. Uh, that's a common common accusation thrown against the chairman, that one. Uh, Sam Heathcote says, in all honesty, Gartside isn't the problem. He's employed to take all the abuse and to do contracts with the players. That's it. Uh, and then to finish off, back to Facebook, David Withstanley says, yes, but only as Eddie Davis's representative. Ultimately, he's a shareholder, so should want the club to be profitable and successful. I wish the solution would be to replace Gartside and would be all for it at the present moment. But common sense tells us it wouldn't change a thing. David, I think we'll leave that's the best comment and we'll leave that one there as the final one. So, Dan, come to you first on that one. Answer the question as you feel, as you see fit and then we'll move on to Tom. I always find it hard to discuss this topic whenever it comes up because I just don't feel like I'm educated enough to comment on it. I don't understand. Like I, You know what I mean? I just don't know what he does. I don't know what he's supposedly done wrong apart from what Allardyce, you know, the lack of uh, ambition that Allardyce has always you know, thrown at him. So... I don't know. It's hard to say what would. You know, would we have had the good times without him? Would we be relegated without him? It's hard to, you know. Literally, we don't live in a fucking. I can't hop over to a parallel universe and see what happens if he does leave, can I? So, it's. I don't. I. I find it really hard to answer because it's impossible to know, isn't it? It's. It is. It definitely. Sorry, I can't give something a bit more in depth, but I just don't feel like I know enough about the whole situation. I, that's the type of the game type of button I just try to you know keep gleefully ignorant about because it, it just presses the fuck out of me yeah I mean I, I understand where you're coming from there and it's interesting to, to where you say it because at the end of the day should we really care who is in charge of the football club I mean he's all well and good shouting we want Gartside out blah 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 and I'm not saying these people are right or wrong I don't really have an opinion either way on it, to be honest. Um, Tom, where do you stand on the debate? Do you think the chairman has that much of a role in in things on a day-to-day basis that him not being in, in post would would improve our position? Um, well, the chanting last night really wound me up. Um, and it's it's clear that if had we have won 3-0, you wouldn't have heard those chants. Those chants are a reaction to the shite that we had to watch on the pitch. But these are the same people that when you ask about you know, Neil Lennon's job security, they say, oh, there's nothing he can do, his hands are tied. Well, does that not apply with the, with the chairman as well? The, mm. o- the, o- the only aspect of Phil Gartside's job where he's failed is hiring inexperienced and incompetent managers. Now, that's a pretty big failing because he's not hired well. His last, for me, his last good appointment um, was Gary Megson. But beyond that, what he's tried to do is he's tried to recreate his appointment of Sam Allardyce. He's bringing someone in with not too much experience, um, who's quite young, who will bring some good times to the club. Um, and he's failed to do that with his with his appointments of Coyle, Friedman and Lennon. Yeah. But what on earth, what on earth is going to change on the pitch or off it if he's out of a job? Not, nothing would change whatsoever. We'd be, still be in the same financial situation. We'd still have the same crap squad that's going to take us to League One. Absolutely nothing would change and why they're turning the, the chance towards a chairman who, let's face it, he's a wondrous fan who's taken us to the Premier League. We've had 11 years, we've had two sessions in Europe and that's all very quickly forgotten. Um, but what a change. What I, I just don't, I don't get it. I really don't get it. Um, he's paid very well to do what he does. I can guarantee he's not paid as well as some of the players that we've got and that's, yeah. what's, that's, that's what's criminal. Um, but I just don't get it. 
I, I, I just don't get what what they want, what these people want to achieve. Get rid of him, uh, and someone else comes in. What's going to happen? You know, is he going to just just pull 180 million pound out of his ass and pay off our debt? It just it really winds me up. I just don't, I don't get it. I don't get it whatsoever. No, I mean, again, not not to to overreg it a bit, but I, I know exactly where you both come from, and I do agree. It's difficult to to know what impact it would have, and he has become, for for right or wrong, the the, the sort of face of the failure, hasn't he? At the same time, I think you're dead right about the the hiring and firing. I think there's real real problems in 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 judging. I mean, Friedman came out of the blue, and he came out of the blue for a reason because nobody considered him to be a, a reasonable prospect. Coyle was probably an emotional one, um, but again, it, it maybe made sense at the time. Um, yes, I'm saying everyone, no matter what you think of the appointments, what happened after them mm. at the time, the, everyone was praising him. Like every time, they're always finding. Yeah, apart from Megson, which, as you said just then, Tom, you think it's the only one he did get right. That's the one. Everyone so is it also with the fickle cunts? You know, that was the one we criticized, we all criticized, and it was as you say, you think it was the only one he did right. Whereas we all praised him to high heaven for. Friedman, Coyle, and Lennon. And Lennon, yeah, not absolutely, and and even even the part he played in bringing Allardyce to the club as well. If if you believe what's what's been said, I just think that um, you know a chairman is a symbolic role, and other than the hiring and firing, like you said, Tom, back back to your point there, what else can he do? You know, he's not on the pitch, he's not picking the team. So to chant we want Gart side out is perhaps missing the point a little bit. But I do understand why why they do it, um, and and I, I dare say if I hadn't have been. Uh, Elsewhere, trick or treating with my little and her mates, then I might have been joining in on that one. But it's not not as straightforward as sacking the chairman, and then all of a sudden everything's right with the world. Um, I don't even think it's that as much of an issue as to who we bring in instead. You know, because four hundred thousand pound a year is an attractive job to be a director of a football club. I'm sure it is. Uh, is is a you know well respected, experienced man and all, but should never be in a job for life. Absolutely not. Uh, no no chance of that. So on that bombshell. Anything else to add, add, lads, for this week, uh, this week's pod before we knock it on the head? Don't think so. I think, just, no, I think it's been pretty comprehensive, hasn't it? Indeed, just, just mm-hmm. need to win. <laughs> we do, so Ipswich on the 3rd, Bristol on the 7th, and then we've got a fortnight off until uh, Reading after that, so we really need to get these uh, get these wins coming up now because there we've got go. some hard, hard games. Two, two, two wins in two and we'll be talking about the playoffs again. Got side in, eh? Got side in, so, cool. Strangely positive not to end on since this podcast has been nothing but a slurry of fucking depression. Absolutely. So we'll, we'll leave it there. Thanks, lads, for uh, for coming on today. Dan, where can people find you this uh, this week on the internet? As always, it's at Mabroski on pretty much every social media you can imagine. Okay, and what about yourself, Tom? Uh, at Down the Money Road. Manny Roll being down the Manny RD of course great and I've been at, I'm Chris at 90 Manning 83 it's been a pleasure uh, hosting the show again for you all and we'll see you all next week so look after yourselves and take care bye <laughs>